What's up, Ascenders? This is episode three of The Ascend Show, and I'm your host, Brian Henry. And in this episode, I'm speaking to Barry Manjone. Here's a sneak preview. I was an alcoholic heading towards bankruptcy. I was in depression and heading towards being suicidal. I woke up behind the wheel of my car. I was on the wrong side of the road heading straight for a, a four-way intersection at a traffic light. So that's when I really started changing things around and starting to change my my thinking. Welcome to another episode of The Ascent Show, where it's our mission to propel humanity in the direction of universal growth. On the show, I have thought leaders on who will inspire you to create an exciting and fulfilling life for yourself by teaching you how to improve your state of wellness, live on a higher plane of consciousness, and realize your potential. So as you guys would have heard in the intro there with Barry, he's been through some pretty dark times in his life. He's battled with depression and alcoholism. And the reason why I've had Barry, uh, I had Barry on the show to speak to us was because he has done a complete 180. He has turned things around quite a bit. He's now doing some really good work as a writer, a musician, and a physiotherapist. And for him to be doing the work that he's doing now, he had to overcome the obstacles that he had once faced. And the way that Barry has managed to do so is by asking the right questions. And that's what we talk about today. The questions that allowed him to come about the answers that kept him moving forward and helped him overcome the difficulty that he faced. And what you'll find is that these questions that he asked himself were questions that anybody can ask when they're reflecting and trying to overcome any sort of challenges in their own lives. So without further ado, let's get into, an inter- let's get into the interview and find out what some of those questions were. Barry, welcome to Ascend. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Brian. I appreciate being here and I appreciate what you're doing. Of course, and we appreciate your time here at Ascent. So for the, uh, for the audience that may not be familiar with Barry's work, uh, Barry's, uh, he's, he's involved in quite a bit of things. Uh, he <laughs> does a little yeah. bit of everything. Uh, he's an author, a musician. He has his own podcast called The Self-Help Rockstar Show. He's also a life coach, and I believe I used to also be a physical therapist, correct? Uh, still am, actually. Uh, just have my hand in many things. <laughs> I'm not sure how you are able to uh, to make time for all those things, but uh, I, I, it must be great work that you're doing in order to balance all, all those things in your life. Yeah, it's a lot of the work is, is very rewarding, and that helps to uh, uh, keep me sane throughout a lot of the juggling that I do. <laughs> there you go. So, Barry, um, I know that you've been through... Uh, through some tough issues in your past, and of course, you've been able to to turn it around and create a life that uh, is filled with uh, with peace and happiness. Um, why don't you you begin with helping us p- help paint us a page picture with regards to uh, some of the the dark places that you've been? Oh boy! So uh, a few years ago, I was uh, alcoholic a, uh, and heading towards bankruptcy. I was. Uh, in depression and heading towards being suicidal. Um, so I believe it 
was um, yeah, I'm losing track of time, but it was around 2009, yeah, that I filed for divorce and bankruptcy in the same year, uh, and I also quit drinking that year, so that was a big one for me, and uh, you know, from there, I was just really good at making really bad decisions. Uh, I just kept getting myself more and more into debt, thinking that I could pay this stuff off and not really taking care of my finances. And before I knew of it, just kept borrowing more uh, against my house and borrowing more on credit cards and wound up uh, uh, between forty dollars and $50,000 in uh, credit card debt and underwater in my mortgage. And in order to uh, cope or not cope with all of that, I was uh, drinking heavily, I was hiding my drinking, and uh, finally things blew up, uh, the, the mortgage crisis hit here in America, and I couldn't borrow anymore, and bills kept coming in, we couldn't afford to pay them, and my marriage was also uh, in trouble at that time, and uh, wound up leaving my uh my wife at the time, and then filing for divorce, and then soon after that, filing for bankruptcy, and the drinking just got worse. Uh, it got to the point where it was the first thing I would do in the morning. Uh, it was what I would do all day long. I would um, take uh, a bottle of vodka with me wherever I went, and in order to get through the day, I would do a little trick where I would have a, uh, a water bottle and fill it halfway with water and halfway with vodka to kind of cut the the smell of alcohol and just sort of nurse that like a baby bottle all throughout the day just to keep a, a constant uh, buzz on. And um, one of the, the, the major turning points for me came when I was heading home from a, uh, a show with a band that I was in and uh, I had been drinking my, my butt off at that show because I had been able to get rides home from people before and this night that wasn't going to happen and so I was left to drive my my drunk ass home so uh, I was about maybe two miles from home when uh, and feeling feeling pretty you know good about myself that yeah I'm, I'm there I'm, I'm making it even though I'm driving drunk uh, and then all of a sudden I had I woke up behind the wheel of my car. I, I had blacked out driving down the road, and I was heading, I was on the wrong side of the road, heading straight for a, a four-way intersection at a traffic light. And um, that kind of snapped me awake. Thankfully, by the, the grace of God in the universe, I, I pulled over to the right side of the road and, and got home safely. And that started this wake-up call for me, uh, and really one of the questions in the in the book that we're going to get to later is um, uh, how long can I keep this up? And that's what I really started asking myself, questions like that is, you know, seriously, how long can you keep this up? This You got lucky this time. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're not going to get this lucky again. Next time you can get hurt or killed or, or hurt or kill somebody else. So that's when I really started um, – changing things around and starting to change my my thinking. And from there, uh, it wasn't immediately afterward, but I did drinking after that. And then starting to just ask questions and devour 
uh, a lot of self-help uh, books, podcasts like you know this one that you're doing right now, and just taking in all the information that I could in an effort to just improve myself and change my situation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, here I am today, uh, I'm an author and married now to an amazing woman. Um, we have the, the, the best, happiest relationship of my life and uh, things are light years different than they were back then. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, of course, uh, I, I want to thank you for for opening up to us and, and sharing your the, the story about how how you hit hit uh, what you consider rock bottom for yourself. But again, mm-hmm. let, let's uh, let's bring things to a little bit more of a positive light <laughs> now. Positive. Uh, sure. Of course. Uh, so again, of course, you've you've been able to to turn your life around quite a bit. Uh, you you seem to be in a in a great place now and. Um, You've been able to to find a life uh, that you're happy about living, and on top of that, you've you've taken it upon yourself to to help others turn their turn around their life the way you have. Um, mm-hmm. One of the ways that you've been able to to help others is through through the book that you've written, No Easy Answers, uh, a book of life changing questions. So I do want to get a little bit into that now. Um, sure. Barry, who did you write this book for? So part of the Part of my, my journey um, and, and healing and, and getting through all this, uh, I don't want to say at the end of that because it's still going on, but toward the end of the really tough part of that, uh, my thought was, you know, if you make it through something like this and you have this, this knowledge and this wisdom that you've gained through that and then you don't share it, then what was it really for? And I just thought, you know, I'm going through this. I know there are other people going through the same or similar experiences out there. And I believe if we're not here to help each other, why are we here? Mm-hmm. So uh, that was a big reason for putting the book out there. And I'd always, you know, whether it was music or writing, um, been a creative person. And I think that was another thing that kept me going. You know, I had my, my kids, but I also was just either writing music or, or just writing other stuff. Um, the having that outlet to just get my emotions out was huge. So I decided to frame this book uh, within, in the framework of questions that I had asked myself along this journey that I was uh, taking. And it's, um, it's, it's, uh, it, it was a, the book itself was a journey for me, just looking back at where I had been and what I had done and, and how far I had come. And so my goal was to just share this knowledge and help people and share the, some of the dark stuff that we tend to not talk about. Uh, you know, suicide is is really a, a, a silent killer in many ways because people just don't talk about it. And so uh, I wanted to get that out there. I wanted to say, yeah, this was me. And, and if you're out there feeling this way, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. All right. So one of the things I do really like about your book is that that, that format you've taken uh, with having each chapter um, be a, a question that uh, that we, we can ask ourselves to, to better understand ourselves and how we can find a little bit more meaning in our life and um, and take uh, take a turn to towards uh, living a little bit of a a happier, more fulfilling life. 
Um, mm-hmm. So rather than claiming to have those answers, uh, your book <laughs> seems to be a, a little bit more about helping us find those answers for ourselves. And I do really like that format. So what I'd like to do here is uh, dive into some of the questions that I really liked and that really resonated with me when, when I took a read through your book. Um, mm-hmm. And then we'll, we'll just talk a little bit about them. Sure. All right. So your book is uh, is broken down into three stages, um, recovery, redemption, and re- uh, reinvention. So the first phase being recovery. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is? So recovery was, uh, I was really thinking about, um, you know, it was the, part of the, the the conversation and, and the question around recovery is, you know, sort of getting back to normal. And um, if you were suicidal, <laughs> was normal really working for you up to this point? Uh, so I had to reevaluate what that was. And, and so recovery for me was looking back at what I was doing that was working and what I was doing that wasn't working. And trimming away the things that weren't working and trying to let go of the uh, judgments that I was placing upon myself, upon others, uh, and getting rid of the things that weren't working in order to move forward. Um, you know, some people in the, uh, in the rehab community, might, you know, might refer to that as, you know, taking a, an inventory. Um, so, Recovery was about just getting yourself to sort of the baseline where then you could you could work on improvement. Um, I guess it was a transition from like self-help to self-improvement. Mm-hmm. So one of the first questions that you, you have the, uh, the readers ask themselves in the, the recovery phrase is, what am I thinking? Um, mm-hmm. So I just want to pull a quote from the book here and it goes, listen to the voice, but don't obey it blindly. We are not our inner voice. We are the place from which that voice speaks. Our honesty, our experience, our beliefs, our knowledge, and our, our attitudes shape that voice. If we're, not hesit- if we're not honest with ourselves, our inner voice won't be honest with us. So, of course, you believe it's important that we, we listen to the voice in our head, but we shouldn't mm-hmm. just blindly obey everything that it tells us. What conse- consequences do you think can come from just blindly listening to this voice that we, we hear in our head? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, you know, when, when we... That's a really good question, Brian. <laughs> so now, now, now what am I thinking? Um, so blindly listening to that and, and not... And it's not really about uh, overthinking things. It's really about uh, just questioning. You know, when, for my, for my example, uh, you know, some of the things that my voice was telling me was just, uh, were things like, you need this drink to get through the day. Um, and then later on, uh, my voice was telling me, um, and this was after my incident with the drunk driving. My voice was telling me, okay, you can still drink. It's still going to help you. Uh, just don't drink during the day and, and just wait until you get home and you're not driving anymore. Um, this is your own voice. This isn't somebody else uh, putting these words in your head. 
it's you. And so uh, those are some consequences of, of listening without questioning. And part of the recovery process is really questioning where are my thoughts coming from? And, you know, how did I develop these, these thought patterns? And, you know, if you're not in the habit of questioning yourself, uh, you can wind up having some, uh, some overconfidence in some of these decisions that you're making and then wind up thinking that, yeah, I can drive home drunk. <laughs> that's fine. I, I can totally handle my liquor. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's some of the extreme examples from my own life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so I, I think it's a, it's a great... Um it's a great realization to to understand that that voice in our head it can can possibly at times not be quite honest with ourselves and um, mm-hmm. and by by understanding that and uh, like you said questioning it um, where we're able to I think make better decisions rather than just identifying with with whatever uh, thoughts we have right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so. All right, so going into the uh, the next stage here, um, redemption. Can you tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about what redemption is? So redemption would be working towards uh, atonement. Uh, and it's really once you become aware of, you know, where you've been and what you've done uh, – and then what you have control over and what you don't have control over. Uh, then redemption is about sort of uh, reclaiming reclaiming soul and reclaiming yourself. And uh, it's really the, this process of forgiveness uh, for yourself and for anyone who may have wronged you. Um, not so much to let anyone off the hook or to let yourself off the hook for anything you may have done, but forgiveness in its truest sense is really freedom um, because, you know, I have a, a, a that I wrote for another uh, music project that I did years ago, and the chorus of that song just says over and over again because I wanted just to, to drive home to people's uh, consciousness uh, if I don't forgive you, I will always be angry. If I don't forgive myself, I'll never be free. And that doesn't even rhyme, but I just wanted to, like, to just pound that home to people. If I don't forgive you, I'll always be angry. If I don't forgive myself, I'll never be free. And so redemption is about uh, you know, sort of letting go of those past mistakes so you can move forward, so you can be in a, in a place here and now where you can move forward and improve mm-hmm. so i know you write that uh that it allows to free us from from the guilt that we have and and you believe that guilt drains us of energy it totally does totally does i think i write in the book you know have you ever felt um guilty and um at the same time i i, I haven't um Sorry, guilt to me that. guilty and oh guilty and energized at the same time right okay <laughs> Um, I, I haven't felt that way, you know, simultaneously. So to me, uh, guilt can be a useful way to sort of get started mm-hmm. um, on on changing something in your life that needs to be changed. But if you're constantly operating from 
guilt, uh, you're constantly thinking negatively of yourself. And so I try to shift the focus from guilt to responsibility instead, because then once you take on responsibility, that's more empowering, and that allows you to say, all right, I'm going to be responsible for this, and I'm taking ownership of this, and then I'm going to be the one to make the change. Right, and it leads perfectly into one of the first questions in the uh, in the stage of redemption in the book, and it's, am I being responsible? And I think uh, what I got from it, at least, was that question comes down to understanding that you're the you're the only common thing in all of the the failures and the successes that you have, and by by understanding that you can you can take greater responsibility for them. So yep, think, absolutely. Yeah, so I think. Um, that question in itself, am I being responsible? I I think many people can admit that the answer to that question is is a no for themselves. But uh, of course, <laughs> not always. Um, it's not just knowing that uh, that you're not being responsible that is going to 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 allow you to make a change. It's it's about actually uh, doing it and making a change, right? So the questions that come after that, for me at least, is the uh, what is the right thing to do, and what am I waiting for? Mm. Yeah, and, and just going back to the uh, responsible thing, I'm not sure if that's where I put it um, in the book, but yeah, and you because you were just talking about, you know, if if we were to say to ourselves, "Am I being responsible?" Um, I say there are two th- there are two saying popular sayings about the truth. You know, the truth hurts, and the truth will set you free, and, and they're both true. That's the thing. So. Um, your question uh, moving forward was, uh, it was, what do I, what, what was the next one you were right. asking? So, so two of the questions that, uh, that that leads into in the book is, what's the right thing to do and what am I waiting for? So oh. I don't think I really got uh, to the question. Uh, the question is, uh, okay. <laughs> what, uh, what are some of the challenges people have when trying to answer those two questions? What's the right thing to do and what am I waiting for? Oh, boy. Uh, I think... Some of our societal norms and the things that we are sort of, well, it's a lot of our history. It's what we're brought up with and, you know, what we're meant to believe uh, is right can, you know, tell us what's right. Uh, I think more more and often than not, we need to work, uh, sort of like search more inward. Uh, for what's right, and for me, you know, there, there's there's an intuition, there's a feeling, uh, and as far as what's the right thing to do, it's it's really about you know, am I am I doing more harm than good with this decision, uh, whether it's for myself or whether it's for the people immediately. Uh, around me in my life, or for the community that I live in and the world. Um, I think looking at what's the right thing to do, you you have to look at both uh, worlds. You have to look at you know your inner world, and you have to look at at the world at large, um, and see what what good is going to come from these things that you're doing. And um, I think I have a uh, I have a, a a process in there of uh, you know, how do I feel now? Um, how will I feel after I've done this thing that I'm thinking about doing or thinking about, you know, deciding to do? 
and how will I feel if I don't do it? And weigh those uh, questions with yourself and and see. It's sort of like looking into the future, you know, taking a little crystal ball and say, okay, in one crystal ball here I have what what are things going to look like if I do this? And what are things going to look like if I don't do this? And looking and comparing those two and seeing what the differences are. Right. I, I think that's a great process for uh, for being able to answer that question because I think by when when we, we take that time to, to ask those questions and to, like you said, look into that crystal ball, often we, we realize that... Um, there are things there's there's it can't end up nearly as bad as we we may have previously thought <laughs> um I think a lot of people hesitate to to make certain decisions in their life, but then when you break it down to well what are the uh what are the what's the worst that can happen kind of thing mm-hmm. um, then they start to realize well it's nothing that makes not giving it a go worth it. Yeah, it works both ways. It works for sort of, you know, the, the negative decisions that you've been making. Uh, you know, for me, like looking back at some of the, the, the things that I, I used to do, um, you know, whether it was drinking or whether it was just, you know, living beyond my means. Uh, if I had that tool back then, you know, and say, all right, what are, what's it going to look like if I go ahead and buy this thing that I can't afford? What's it going to look like if I don't? That would have been useful then. And at the same time, if you're past that stage and you're in, in the place where you're not really making those negative decisions anymore and you're, you want to move towards something positive, but you're a little scared and you're, you're a little hesitant, uh, for me, that's where the um, what will it look like if I don't do this side of the question really comes in. It's like, am I going to just wonder, am I going to have regrets if I don't? take this chance or try this thing. So it works wherever you are in life. Mm-hmm. All right. And I think we kind of uh, already um, kind of went into the uh, the next phase, but before we get into the reinvention, I want to talk a little bit about the question, what am I waiting for? Because uh, uh, very often I think the, the answer to that question is the right time. I'm waiting yep. for the right time to happen. You, uh, you like to uh, refer to that question as a, uh, a control suck. Yes. So um, I think I introduced that concept earlier on in the book, but a control suck is just uh, something that you put your energy into that just sort of drains the, the amount of control out of your life. And it usually revolves around uh, just decisions, which, again, go back to thoughts. Uh, <laughs> so um, as w- with regard to what am I waiting for, uh, you know, you wait, we wait for all kinds of things. We wait for the, the so-called right time. Uh, and I did this throughout my life, you know, the right time to get married, the right time to have kids, the right time to uh, leave my ex-wife, you know, it was like, all right, I, I can't do it now because there's X, Y, and Z happening. Well, meanwhile, I was still uh, incredibly unhappy and in, in a relationship and and modeling this unhappy relationship for my children, you know. So meanwhile, I'm trying to like come up with this, you know, perfect right time. Well, well, when is when's it going to be the exact right time for me to, you know, do this do this thing, or the right time to stop drinking or the right time to 
finally just say, you know what, I, I can't handle my my debt anymore and I have to uh, do something about it. Uh, I think what we're really looking for is this sort of perfect time rather than a right time, which is really non-existent. And I love, I, I can't, I don't know who to give credit to because there are so many uh, self-help people out there who uh, say this, but um, progress is better than perfection. Mm-hmm. And uh, done is better than perfect. When you're in that, what am I waiting for? Period. When you are living between these two possibilities, uh, it's agonizing. Once you make that decision, for better or worse, even if it's even if you find out, you know, immediately afterward or shortly afterward, even longer down the road, uh, that it was the wrong decision or not the best decision you could have made, at least you made it. And then now you're back in control again. And even if it was a decision that didn't end up the way you wanted it to, you learned from it. You learned a lesson from it. And that puts you in a better place to make a better decision later on. But just hanging in that waiting room of, you know, should I, should I, should I? That's that's a control suck. It just drains the energy out of you, and you wind up not doing anything productive. Right. So, just asking that question um, is is I think the the first step in in getting over that. Uh, at the end of the day, it's procrastination, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, you you believe uh, like I do that procrastination usually is um, usually a, a a result of, of fear and. Um, that of course mm-hmm. is something that that can be dealt with, right? Um, those those thoughts of that are that are limiting us, the limiting beliefs is what I like to call them. Um, mm-hmm. There are ways to to deal with those things. There are ways to to overcome them, right? And um, yeah, when you when you do start to begin to to overcome those, that's when when you can you can make now the right time. Yep. Right. Yep. Exactly. So let's get into the uh, the last phase of your your uh, I want to say process, but um, I know you you're not a big fan of process um, <laughs> or journey, you know, whatever you want to call journey. it. Journey. Let's let's say that. So the last phase of the sure. journey here is is reinvention, and this is personally my favorite uh, my favorite phase. Um, oh great! Because I think this is where where change starts to happen. This is where the new begins to happen, and. Um, you write in the book, if you have it in you to imagine a new you, you have it in yourself to become the new you. Mm-hmm. But you also say that better than imagination is visualization. So why don't you differentiate the two for us, visualization and imagination, and why you feel visualization is a, a more effective tool? Yeah. So I, I think I referenced in the book um, my Tai Chi instructor who, who gave me that that concept, uh, he, he would say, people say imagination becomes reality. And you hear that a lot in the, uh, you know, sort of like the, the, the world of like the secret and, you know, law of attraction stuff. Um, but he made a very clear distinction. He says, and he was, he was sort of gruff and, uh, <laughs> and brusque with his, his thoughts. He would just say, uh, no, imagination becomes daydreams. Visualization becomes reality. Um, visualization is imagination with intent and and purpose, so it's it's really just sort of a more um, I don't know maybe just a more creative way or a more, more hopefully inspiring way to talk about uh, setting goals 
and and seeing and having a well, visualization is really having a vision. So for me, uh, sometimes just like thinking about even the word goals sometimes for me, and maybe somebody else out there is listening and thinking this too. It's like I don't know. I just I feel this pressure sometimes uh, when I just set a goal because it's like oh god, all right, I set a goal for myself. Okay, you got to do it, and it's just like this energy buildup where you're just like, oh god, and what if I don't? But what if I don't? But what if I don't? Mm-hmm. Um, but visualizing and just instead of that, having a, a you know a vision of how things could be uh, is is to me a little more inspiring when you can place yourself into that future that you want. For yourself, if you can say to yourself, you know what, I want to be in a happy, healthy, committed relationship. I want to, um, you know, do work that is meaningful to me and has meaningful, positive impact on people's lives. Um, that to me is better than sitting down and just writing some goals out and saying, well, I want to have this job or I want to have, you know, this car or this whatever. Um, and, and so that's, that's the distinction for me between just imagining. And there's also, it's also the purpose element to it as well, where you're, you can just imagine all day long, but when you're visualizing, um, you're, you're creating the future there. And then, you want to sort of reverse engineer from that future and say, all right, how do I get there? Which I think actually is another question in the book, right? Yes, I believe it is. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so, no, I, I, I definitely think based on how you uh, you describe visualization, um, how it can be a more effective tool than imagination. I like what you said there with uh, with regards to visualization being an imag- imagination with intent and purpose because I'm definitely a strong believer in, in both those things, intent and purpose. And I think when you mix those two, or mix those three together, intent, purpose, and imagination, and make a, make a visualization out of it, um, being able to to visualize that that uh, that future that you desire is the first step in being able to to achieve it because like you said uh, only then can we reverse engineer the process and mm-hmm. um, and like you said how do I get there uh, and answer that question there how do I get there yeah um, that brings me to the last question in the book that I want uh, to to touch on and I think this is probably one of the most loaded questions. Uh, <laughs> And it, it is, how do I know, right? And yeah. when you ask that, it's it's asking, how do I know I'm heading in the right direction? Yeah. So there are questions within this question <laughs> right. that I, I ask. Uh, one of them is, you know, have I done everything I possibly can? Um, and it's just looking at yourself and saying, you know, is there anything more that I could have done that I didn't do? So, you know, uh, and, and this is sort of, you know, when you've, if you've reached a point, uh, if you have that vis- visualization and you've gone for it and you either, you know, had a shot and you missed it, it didn't happen for you, or, you know, you missed it on the first chance and you, you want to try again, um, these are, these are questions, you know, to ask yourself. Have I done everything I possibly can? And if I didn't achieve this, 
is there something that I missed? Is there something that I didn't do? Um, and then when you when you get there or when you don't get there, you know, am I am I balanced or am I off balanced? Uh, and being being balanced doesn't mean you are a hundred percent certain all the time. I think earlier on in the book I talk about being comfortable with uncertainty. When when you live in a world you know, like we do, where the only thing you can really control is your thoughts, uh, you have to be used to uncertainty because that's all around you. Uh, and then, you know, so being balanced is sort of just being able to uh, adapt and roll with changes. And if you're in a, you know, again, here goes back to uh, being honest with yourself. Um, ask yourself, am I in a state right now where I'm balanced or am I off balance where, you know, when, when bad things come my way or when things don't happen, am I totally rocked by it and I don't recover? And then maybe that's something I need to address and maybe I need to step back and, and, and look back at, at, at why that's happening. Um, another one is what have I got to lose? Uh, a question within this, you know, how do I know? Um, look at, uh, you know, really what's, what what's holding you back? You know, what do you really stand to gain from chasing after something or reaching for that goal, that dream, that that vision that you have? And what are you really going to lose by moving forward toward that? Uh, I think most of us are surprised that we really don't stand to lose as much as we think we do, or as much as we're really holding on to by going after something that that will really fulfill our soul. And then the other question is, you know, what do I have to gain? And I kind of like I touched on that a little bit. Uh, and it all kind of, you know, rolls back into it unto itself. You know, we it, it rolls back into the questions of those two crystal balls. You know, what if I, what will it look like, what will it look like if I do this? What will it look like if I don't do this? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, the the book kind of, like, reads back on itself sometimes. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, no. It, yeah. It, it means that it, it, uh, there's cohesiveness to it, right? It all comes I hope there. so. I sure hope so. <laughs> there you go. Um, one last quote I want you to, to help us decipher here, Barry. Sure. Uh, it goes, if your head, your heart, and your gut are all on the same page, you'll know it. You'll feel balanced, relaxed, and confident. You won't worry about what's coming next, but you'll know you can handle whatever comes your way. Can you just help us understand the difference of the feelings of the heart, the head, and the gut, and how do we know what's coming from where? Another good question, Brian. Another good question. Do your best to just kind of, I mean, I think uh, before you even get into it, it's it's one of those things that uh, is better understood, experienced, than, than explained. Um, but do your I best think so. And going along those lines, uh, think about a time in your life when you felt powerful and all these things were in line. Um, in your head, you knew you had done something good, done something right. In your heart, you were just happy. And in your gut, there was no uncertainty there. Uh Keeping in mind those three um, sort of decision makers, <laughs> I guess, in your life, um, yeah, I would really, and that's that's actually I haven't really called 
that before, but your head, your heart, and your gut, those are really your three decision makers in your life. Sometimes you go with your gut. Sometimes you think things through. Sometimes you just follow your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you have all three of those together, uh, and I think I use, uh, I don't want to say use, I think I I use the example of um, when I I, uh, met my wife and, and married her, all three of those were just right in line. You know, my my gut was telling me this was this was good, and my heart was already on board, and my head, you know, crunched all the numbers <laughs> and did all the the calculations, and just said, yeah, this is this is great. And I've had you know other situations in my life before where I just went with my heart and didn't use my head, and then my head was like, eh, see, see how that turned out, mm-hmm. you know, or you go into something, you know with your head and thinking, but your gut is kind of like, I don't know. And, you know, it's, there's, there's a reason we have these expressions, you know, stomach tied up in knots, you know, things like that. Um, I think if you can keep those three things in mind, uh, those three decision makers, if those, they're sort of like a committee, you know, <laughs> if they can all agree, mm-hmm. then you're in good shape. And it really is, it really is a feeling that you feel in your body. You'll feel, if you pay attention to like the, 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 the way your body feels, um, you won't feel sort of that, that tension that you feel sometimes, your shoulders crawling up into your ears and, and you know, that, that upset in your stomach. When those three are in line, you, you know it. You just know it. Great. So I think it comes down to, um, if I understand correctly, feeling out all those, those areas in your body um, and, and uh, trying to, to align them in the best way that you possibly can. Um, and when, when you can align... Those those areas you uh you know you know that you're on the right track. Absolutely, yep. Barry, before you head out here, I just want to uh to to mention that um I know now uh, your passion lies in in spreading uh, positive change in your music. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, I don't think it uh, it makes sense to to talk about music because I think music <laughs> is something that uh, is better experienced listeners to. So yeah. why don't you just tell our listeners here before you leave, where can uh, where can some of them, where can we find some of your music? Yeah, so um, yeah, I have the, the, the book which is out there and the podcast which I've taken a bit of a hold on but I will probably resume at some point and then um, I'm focusing more on this uh, this. I've been a musician for most of my life, and now I have this band. It's called Blue Alien Mystic. So my website is barrymanjohn.com. You can also go to bluealienmystic.com. And uh, part of the the goal, uh, or the vision, let me say, (laughs) is to incorporate some of these ideas uh, of, you know, the self-help, the self-improvement, and just changing your life and creating positive change in yourself and out there in the world and putting it into a musical package that is maybe not the typical uh, gift wrapping uh, that you would get for this type of uh, content, let's say. You know, I think a lot of us go into this uh, this self-improvement, this self-help world, and we find a lot of new age kind of music sounding out there, but I'm, I'm a rock and roller and I didn't see a lot out there that was really, you know, was just good rock music that was putting these messages forth. And I thought, hope maybe I can fill that void. 
Um, so uh, that's 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 what Blue Alien Mystic is all about. And it's it's so funny you said you know it's so hard to talk about music, um, and that's kind of was, was sort of the inspiration. I was in a um, sensory deprivation tank, which is another thing that I recommend highly for anybody out there who's looking to get in touch with you know their, their deeper self. And I I had a vision of this blue alien shaman uh entity and uh you know that's where the name for this band came from and part of the idea that was communicated to me was um you know sort of uh, why do you need to name everything and classify everything uh just it, it, it needs to be felt and so i think that's what you were trying to get at with you know so hard to talk about music when it's really about, about feeling it mm-hmm. but that's 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 my my passion right now, and uh, we're hoping to uh, get our EP out uh, by the end of 2016, and um, and spread the word out there, and and just try to get people rocking and and changing their lives at the same time. <laughs> there you go. I look forward to to giving the uh, giving you some of your music to listen through, and I am sure some of our listeners will be uh, very very. Um, Excited to hear some of your stuff as well. Thank you. Um, thank very, you. I just want to thank you so much for joining us and sharing sharing all the wisdom that you have with uh, with our listeners. Uh, it was great. It was great having a conversation with you. Ah, oh, thank you, thank you, Brian. It was uh, my pleasure being on the show, and I really appreciate uh, what you're doing out there in the world uh, to just make this world a better place and and help people um, you know, ascend. <laughs> there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Barry Magellan. Thank you. So that's it for my interview with Barry, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope some of the questions that came up in the conversation that I had with him are questions that you'll find benefit in asking yourself when doing any sort of reflection, trying to overcome challenges or obstacles in your own life. Because I definitely think that the way to go about finding clarity the clarity required to overcome any sort of challenge is in asking yourself the right questions because only you can come about those answers that will keep you moving forward with whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. And that's why I like the uh, the approach that Barry took in his book rather than present to you what he felt like there was the answers to, uh, to your problems and rather than claiming he had the answers. He brought forth the questions that helped him overcome his challenges. And as you saw, again, they were questions that that anybody can be asking themselves. Um, And I think it's an important thing to be doing, asking yourself these questions, just to make sure that you're, you're staying on the right track. So thanks again for listening, guys. If uh, if you want to find the show notes to the episode, you can find them, find them at www.ascendshow.com forward slash three. And I just wanted to thank you guys for all the support you've been showing me in the, the release of the first few episodes of the Ascend Show. Um, it's definitely motiva- motivating me to, to keep on finding great minds to have on the show and interviewing them so that we can learn together. So thanks again, guys, for the support. And until next time, Ascenders.